Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey gang, my name is Micah Burgess. I am a birth doula in Waco, Texas, and you're listening to Game Day, Births Not Balls. And I appreciate you tuning in. I'm excited to be in the studio today uh, talking a little bit more about the childbearing years journey, whether it's pregnancy or childbirth. Um, and today we're going to talk about postpartum care. I get a lot of questions about that. Um, obviously from my clients, you know, once baby's born, kind of what is the protocol, so to speak? What happens? What whether I'm in the hospital still, or uh, what if I had my baby at home, what does that look like? Um, in the golden hour, all the way to the first several weeks. And so I'm going to try to touch on a little bit of that, um, for you guys, give you, um, a heads up. Cause I honestly, I, I'm not sure that we talk about postpartum as often as we should be. Um, and a lot of uh, parents are thrown off a little bit about what all is involved or it didn't feel the way I thought that it was going to feel emotionally. So it doesn't always look like the movies, you know, where instantly full of joy and seemingly knowing how to do everything well. And baby seems to cooperate about everything well just because you love them. <laughs> and and that's not true. You can love your baby um, with all your heart. And of course you will, but that doesn't mean it's all going to go smoothly. So let's see if I can give uh, some tips and a little bit of wisdom that I've learned over the years with my own children. I have six, um, three grandkids. And then of course, after attending over 300 birds and what I've learned with clients. So when we talk about the golden hour, so this is like you've gone through labor, you've gone through pushing, and your baby is now out. <laughs> baby is born. Baby is here. Okay. Now what? I mean, it's not over, y'all. I mean, it's not over. We still, as doulas, still have a very significant job uh, for our clients once baby's here. So typically what happens, and that's what I'm going to talk about is the typical. Typically what happens, baby's born and, you know, they're quickly checking baby out, but then the goal is to get baby on mama as quickly as possible. Let that bonding process start. Um, it's, you know, mom's been working really, really hard for hours. And so there's her prize. There's the reward. There's, that's what she's been waiting for is to have that baby in her arms. So we want to get baby on mom as quickly as possible. Um, and several things are happening. Obviously the, the bonding process can start right then, but every baby's a little different when they come out in terms of their response. And we just have no idea how baby's going to feel about the whole birthing process. Some of them are mad as hell and they are going to tell you about it. You know, they're not happy. Um, some of them are exhausted. Like all they want to do is sleep. Their eyes are closed. You can't hardly stir them. They're just 
out. Some of them are really, really curious. Like, it's so cute. They're look, their eyes are looking around, and they're just kind of taking it all in. You're like, what in the world is this baby thinking? I mean, they're just so... And then some of them are already showing those cues and those signs of wanting to breastfeed. And so we don't know how baby's going to respond. So the things I'm about to talk about, the order may be different, right? Um, again, a lot of that has to do with baby. It has to do with birth, has to do with mom's body of kind of how all these things happen. Um, but again, baby on mom as soon as possible. And, you know, they're going to check, uh, baby's vitals quickly. And I'm just telling y'all that unless something is concerning about baby, like swallowed meconium or, um, you know, their color is not good. Maybe, you know, delivery was too hard and they, they have to take baby over to the warmer, which is in your L and D room. Or, you know, if it's in a birthing center, you know, they may have to, you know, assess over there, but that's not typical. They can do all of those vitals while baby is on mom. And I'm talking about like temperature and listening to their heart rate and, you know, all that good stuff. They can do that on mama. Um, so they're obviously, they want to check and make sure baby's good and check baby's vitals. Um, we're going to cut the cord. Uh, we're going to, you know, free baby from the placenta and from mom. Um, and that can be a loved one that cuts the cord. Some moms actually cut the cord, believe it or not. I I find that very impressive. Um, and then you got to birth the placenta. So while that is not difficult or hard to do, uh, you're tired and, you know, you don't want to hear your caregiver say, okay, give me one more little bear down kind of push. It doesn't take much, you know, so that should be relatively easy, pretty smooth. But for some moms, it's still a little bit uncomfortable um, or it might take a little bit of time or your uterus is having a hard time detaching from your body, you know, um, or I don't know, maybe your caregiver tugged a little bit too hard and now there's there's more bleeding. So there could be some issues, but typically there's not. Um, if baby has, you know, what they call kind of like wet lungs, maybe it doesn't necessarily mean they swallowed a bunch of water or um, fluid or whatever, but they're, you can just hear when they breathe, it's just kind of I don't wet is the best word I can say. Then we, we want baby to cry. We need baby to get all that out. We need them to kind of you'll see little spit bubbles when they're crying. And so you want them to get all of that out because that junk in there is going to keep them from really breastfeeding well because uh, something's in the way. So clearing their lungs is kind of a big deal. So crying is not a bad thing for babies to do, but it is something that your caregiver is looking for. Um, actually, the truth is it's something that your baby nurse, if you're having your baby in the hospital, once baby's born, your OBGYN, your midwife doesn't have a lot to do with baby anymore. They're still focused on you. They're actually your doctor. So a baby nurse comes in that's specifically assigned to the baby. So it's the baby nurse that's really looking for all of those um, things, doing the vitals, um, making sure baby's crying, you know, maybe helping you uh, get baby connected if they're showing those signs to, to breastfeed. And so that's another thing that's happening in that golden hour, um, you know, letting baby get familiar with mom. And, and if baby wants to breastfeed, great, let's, let's get them hooked up. Um, one of the big things that we're checking for, again, because you just pushed a baby out is, is 
mom's well-being, you know, how, how do, how's that bleeding looking? We don't want mom to hemorrhage. And so that's a concern. Maybe we're looking for any, you know, tears that could have happened in the perineum. So a lot of focus is happening with mom's lower half. Um, and of course focus on baby. And so, um, there's just a lot going on. There's still a lot of people in the room. They're, um, you know, assisting, uh, the doctor to get the instruments that they need, especially if there needs to be, you know, some stitches and things. Um, you know, once that's happened, then they're going to clean mom up with some warm water. They got to put a bed back together. Potentially they got to get all the instruments out of there. And there's just a lot going on. And so we really encourage our clients, um, focus on that baby, you know, unless birth was pretty difficult and traumatic. There are a few moms that are like, Hey, Y'all go ahead and take baby way, measure all of that. I, I am just spent. Like I can't even focus on baby. And that that is legit. That's totally okay. Don't don't freak out if that's something that you recognize. I'm having a hard time just holding this baby, much less focusing on this baby, because there's just there was just so much that was happening, so much going on. Um, and so that's okay. That that's okay. What we really want to see is um once baby's born, it's like this ta-da moment, right? And so we want to help these parents really get that joy that they've been looking for the birth of their baby, right? And so we're going to make sure that loved one is in tight and close with mom and that they're both talking to baby and looking at baby, kind of ignoring everything else that's going on around them and just focusing on that. So that that's really our goal as doulas is to make sure that the, the, the support is still there and still focused. Okay. So that's kind of that first hour. Also, you know, the golden hour, a lot of people talk about, you know, how important it is. And, and I do think that it is important that baby is with mom. Um, but lots and lots of babies do not breastfeed within that first hour. They, they, they just went through a lot too. I mean, they just went through the birthing process. I mean, think about their journey, my gracious. Okay. So again, if your baby is not super interested in it and you've offered and all that, don't freak out. There, there's time. We can do this, okay? Um, in the first few hours after that golden hour, um, there's going to be continued of checking of vitals for baby um, and mom. Uh, that's uh, blood pressure, temperature, all that stuff. Um, we're also going to weigh and measure baby within those first few hours typically. Um kind of see, you know, where they are. And then parents love to hear that. How much their baby weighed, how long they are. And, and, and people like to see those posts, how much does this baby weigh, you know? So we're going to do all that in those first few hours after mom and baby have had a chance to connect. Um, now mom needs to eat something. We want to refuel her, um, continue to try to offer that. The first thing that comes for baby in breastfeeding is not milk, it's colostrum. And they call that, um, the golden liquid, the golden fluid. What is it called? Liquid gold. It's called liquid gold. And babies need that colostrum desperately. I mean, it does so many things in their body. It's proven to be extremely helpful. And so, um, yeah, we want to keep trying to get baby that colostrum. Very beneficial for them. So also in these first few hours, um, it's typical for um, babies to get bathed. But the truth is, you don't have to have your baby bathed in those first few hours. Um, there, 
a lot of people want to like get birth off of baby because birth is messy. Um, but in general, um, they don't have to have a full on bath if you don't want them to. Cause sometimes, um, you know, that, that water temperature, um, you know, needs to be warm enough. They need to be under a warmer for that because their body temperature can drop. And that's a big deal. They're, they're really making sure that baby's temp is good and stays stable and you don't want their, um, temperature to drop. So for some people, the bath can be like, eh, not really. And for others, it, it is like, no, we got to bathe baby, you know? So that's totally up to you, believe it or not. But that does happen within the first few hours, typically. Um, another thing that's going to happen that's not talked about very often is once your baby's born, um, you're going to continue to have these afterbirth contractions. Oh, they're the devil. I hate afterbirth contractions. Like it's my least favorite thing probably about birth. Hate them. My baby's here. I've already done the work. I, I don't need all that, right? But super, super important. And now a word from our sponsors. Um, your uterus has to shrink back down to the size of a fist. Okay. And the only way to have that happen is for contractions to continue, um, to contract it smaller and smaller and tight and firm. Okay. So we need those, we need those contractions to happen. Sometimes those happen on, you know, a mom's body just does it naturally on their own. The more babies you have, the worse they get. Sorry to tell you all that. Um, a lot of moms are, uh, on Pitocin, whether they were already on Pitocin, um, they're going to start Pitocin typically in a hospital. Um, midwives don't automatically give Pitocin. Um, breastfeeding uh, will help because you contract while you're breastfeeding. And so it's not a fun part of the process and it, it kind of sucks. And a nurse is going to come in or your midwife is going to continue to check and make sure that your uterus is shrinking down and hard and firm. And they do that by pushing and massaging, rubbing for like 10 seconds on your uterus right after having a baby. And, oh, it's painful. It's awful. And we know it's awful. The nurse knows it's awful. She's apologizing right up front. But that is the best way to be able to tell if your uterus is doing what it's supposed to be doing. So that is happening consistently in those first few hours. Um, and so it, it's, you want it to be a peaceful time, but again, there are still things that are happening, um, for the safety of you and your baby. We're making sure that everything is going the way it's supposed to be going. When we move into the now 24, 48, 72 hour mark. That's when your milk comes in. Right. And that's exciting, but also has its own set of, I don't know. Your boobs are now engorged and maybe your nipples are sore and baby's still trying to figure it all out. So it can be frustrating. It can be emotional for some moms. Um, maybe your body's not cooperating. Maybe baby doesn't have a good latch. So yeah, breastfeeding can be challenging. You guys, it can. And, and sometimes it's not for parents and, and, and awesome. I love that but sometimes it is. So just giving you the heads up that you need to be prepared, um, to possibly struggle a little bit with breastfeeding. Um, one of, one thing I didn't realize until recently, um, I have, we have some great lactation consultants here in Waco. So, so thankful. And 
the ones that I am close to um, have a relationship with, send our clients to, I mean, they're really encouraging people while they're still pregnant to come and set up a consultation and have a conversation because they can give you those tips and those things to be looking for before baby's born so that you feel a little bit more confident and maybe be more successful in breastfeeding right away if you see a lactation consultant beforehand. So I, I recommend that. I suggest that. I think that's super helpful because, you know, you don't want to be stressed while you're breastfeeding. That's a bad combination, really bad combination. So don't be afraid to get some help before, during, you know, whatever. Don't be afraid for that. So your milk's going to come in. Um, we want baby to be breastfeeding well, have that good latch. We want it to be consistent. Um, you know, we want them to fill their little bellies because that's they sleep better. Uh, so we want baby to be sleeping. Um, again, continuing to hydrate and eat. It's so important. Sometimes moms don't feel like eating, um, but it's, it's important. Even if it's half a sandwich, you know, even if it's a, a handful of nuts or whatever, you need to be fueling your body. You just gave birth and it's, it's a big deal. You're now breastfeeding, you're feeding somebody else. And so it's important. It's really important you guys, uh, to eat healthy during those times. Um, and then there's perineum care. So, you know, baby just came out of your vagina y'all. I mean, that's, it's just like it sounds okay. You're going to be sore. All right. And there are several things that you can do um, to help with the soreness and, and the pain and, uh, to recover quickly. And there's things called sits baths. There's some essential oils that are super helpful. There's lots of things out there. Even just a warm bath can be helpful, but don't ignore that. Um, you, you want to start feeling better quickly. You want your recovery physically to be going well. And, and that's one of the big areas that needs attention and that we want you to be, um, not, hurting anymore. We want you to feel more comfortable as quickly as possible. Um, one thing that we do at Waco Doula, I've been doing this for a very, very long time, over 25 years. And we tell all of our clients this, and it's called the three day rule. And we prep our clients, you know, if they're having their baby in the hospital before they leave the hospital, we go over this again. We talk about this prenatally in our client class. So but we remind them and we make sure that their loved ones hear what we're about to say, this three-day rule. And it's the one thing that we actually say, you have to do this. This is the only rule we have. It's this three-day postpartum rule. And what it means for us is that for three days after you get home, it doesn't start as soon as baby's born. It doesn't start while you're in the hospital. It's once you're home. It's very hard to recover in the hospital, you guys. There's just a lot going on. It, it can be stressful. So your recovery, in our opinion, starts once you get home if you've had your baby in the hospital. And this three-day rule means you need to lay low for three days. And we want you to be pretty strict about that. You're resting recovering, you're breastfeeding. That's about it. That's about all you're doing for three days. Seriously. Uh, we, the, the, we want you to recover quickly and we want it to stick. If that makes sense. You know, you don't want to, after two days, you start feeling better and then you're like, Oh, okay. I can get up and I'm going to go make lunch or take a quick walk around the block. Cause I miss walking or whatever it is. You're going to be so disappointed that you did that because your recovery starts all over. So what we have found is that if you're strict for three days about laying low, 
resting, sleeping when baby's sleeping, letting other people take care of the things around your home, letting other people take care of you and baby for those first three days, then your recovery will be quick. You'll, you, after those three days, you'll feel pretty normal and you can kind of resume life. But if you don't do it for three days, you're adding an additional week to your recovery. I'm not, and I'm, I've experienced it myself because I was an idiot after I had my second baby because I felt so much better after Jacob was born. And um, actually, the podcast that I have done about all of my kids, my own birth experiences, uh, Jacob's is uh, The Calm Before the Storm. I believe that's the title of it. And I do. I talk a little bit more about that postpartum and, and my mistakes and what I learned as a result to pass on to my clients. And so what you want to think about in that three-day rule is, okay, would I do what I'm about to do if I had 101 fever? No, I would be resting. I would be sleeping. Would I do what I'm about to do if I had a stomach virus? No, because I'm not going to feel like it. I need to be resting. I need to be sleeping. Now, you don't have to act like you're sick. I mean, don't do that. I mean, I want you to enjoy those three days of bonding. But I also want you to enjoy the recovery and the fact that, oh, wow, all I really have to do is sleep and feed this baby and other people are helping with everything else. Y'all, it's so beneficial. I promise you will be so thankful and so glad that you did that. Uh, So that's our three-day rule, and I encourage everybody to follow that. Um, And then... You know, people are going to want to come in and congratulate you or meet baby, see baby, you know, family and stuff. And you want to keep that to a minimum, guys. Um, The people that are in your life in those first three days need to be people that are there because they're helping and serving you and baby. Not people that are hanging out in your house that you feel like you have to entertain. That's not okay. Okay, those people can wait to see baby or to open presents or whatever they want to do. Okay. Those first three days need to be people that are involved in your care. Does that make sense? Okay. In the first week or two or three, I think that you can start resuming more uh, normal life. Honestly, Um, there's some things that your uh, caregiver has said probably don't do for about six weeks, Uh, driving, um, heavy exercising, sex. I mean, those things you need to wait on for like complete healing, but just normal potential grocery shopping or whatever, but still be wise when you do that. I mean, you know, don't plan a whole day in week one where you're literally gone. And walking all over the place. You're, you're going to feel that. You're going to be exhausted, you know. So be wise. Um, but yeah, you can start resuming some more normal things. Washing your own dishes. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then also in the first several weeks, a big thing that you need to be aware of is that you're, you're, you're getting all kinds of emotions going on. Okay. Your hormones are still off the charts. When, you're, when your milk comes in, um, that's a whole new set of hormones that you haven't really experienced before. And it shows up in tears, y'all. I mean, I'm sorry. You just feel kind of sad and wah-wah. And you're like, why am I crying? Because the bathroom stinks. Yeah. Normally, I don't cry over that. I'm just pissed. Well, emotions are just different. They're just high. So I'm going to encourage you to let yourself cry I promise it helps because once you cry, it's like taking the lid off that pressure cooker and you can take a deep breath and it's just not as stressful anymore. I don't know if there's any science behind it, but I do know that it's true. I do know that it works. If you're fighting 
how you're feeling and you're judging yourself on how you're feeling, it's not going to go away. It's just going to increase. It's just going to get worse. So let yourself feel what you feel, get a good cry out and you're going to feel better. It's like, Oh wow. That okay, cool. And now you're ready to go. Keep moving forward. So hormones are strange. Hormones are off. And yes, you're going to feel those. Don't panic. Let it be okay. Yeah. I just had a baby. Of course I feel strange. (laughs) It's normal. Um, and, and finding a rhythm, you guys, when you bring a baby home takes time. It, it just does. You've never had this, a baby before. You've never literally taken care of another human before, right? You got to, your self-care and time for yourself is going to be less. You're not going to get as much sleep. Like y'all sleep deprivation is a thing. It just is. You're just not going to feel yourself. So finding a rhythm with a newborn, with a baby takes time. So don't feel like you need to rush that really quickly. Don't feel like, oh my gosh, we got to get on a schedule after, you know, week two. Not, no, maybe, maybe that'll happen. Take your cues from baby and recognize the pattern that they're naturally falling into, um, And that happens at different times for different babies. It could be within the first three weeks for some baby, and it might be three months for another. But pay attention to that. And when you see that they have this natural little pattern of when they're sleeping and when they're eating, protect it. Like, don't schedule your shopping trip when you know baby tends to fall asleep around that time. Let them them get good sleep. And I'm one of these people that thinks that they're sleeping is just as important as they're eating, you, you guys, you, you need your baby to sleep. Don't just go, oh, well, they just don't sleep. No, figure that out. You want to help them sleep. And, and I believe, especially in that first week or two, that you can kind of train, I'm using air quotes if you're listening to me, you can kind of train them that, hey, during the night we sleep. So this, this advice I'm about to give you guys is some of the best advice you're ever going to get. This is what my midwife with my first baby said to me. Okay, so your baby needs to know the difference between naps and nighttime. And you can help accomplish that goal. Lots of parents, when I go see them at the postpartum visit, they're like, oh my gosh, I sleep all day. Why don't they sleep like that during the night? Typically they have them like backwards. My theory is because at night you're laying still. And so baby is awake during the day you're moving And you're probably kind of rocking that baby to sleep. That's my theory. Who knows if that's true, but it's weird how many babies have them flipped. Um, But again, you can help with this. So nap time, when they go to sleep during the day, then you're not uh, shutting down life. Keep, keep doing life, right? We're not creating that cave like experience and no noise and all of that. Continue your day. When you can tell that baby is starting to wake up, let's say it's been two hours, baby breastfeeds every two to three hours, and now they're starting to stir and trying to wake up, go ahead and help them wake up. Newborns are funny. It takes them half an hour sometimes to wake up from a nap. Like they're just groggy and fuzzy. I call it no man's land and they don't like it. They either want to be fully asleep or fully awake. Okay. So you're the parent. You know that it's been two hours. You know it's time for them to eat. So if you can tell they're trying to wake up, go ahead and help them wake up. Don't like, oh, 
just 30 more minutes. Oh, just a few more minutes. Oh, well, maybe they'll go back to sleep. Help them wake up, right? Okay, you'll, you'll get what I'm saying. Once that baby comes, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, and that, what that means is go ahead and pick them up, start talking to them, maybe check their diaper, you know, interact, engage before you immediately hook them back up to breastfeed. Okay, because if they're hungry, that's what they're going to want. And you don't have to wait till they're ballistic, but you want them to be awake before you feed them again. And it's totally okay if they fall right back asleep. A lot of them do. Great. Go back to sleep. But they need to see that once that nap is over, after that two hours, that they are awake. There's a beginning and there's an end, right? At night, it's totally different. When you know, when you can hear a baby starting to stir during the night, and again, you're the parent, you know it's been two to three hours, they're hungry. So what you want to do in that situation is as quickly, as peacefully as you can without flipping on all the lights and all that good, all that stuff, check their diaper, make sure they don't need to be changed, do it quickly, and you want to immediately start breastfeeding them before they fully wake up. Does that make sense? You want to catch them in no man's land so that they never really wake up. You just kind of keep them asleep by continuing to fill their bellies. Again, not all the lights on. Some parents, baby's kind of awake, and so what do they do? They go into the living room and watch TV. You're you're training your baby inadvertently to be awake in the middle of the night. If baby's awake, you breastfed them, and they're you know still not totally asleep, Lights need to stay off. There's not a lot of talking and connecting and communicating. You want baby to know there is nothing going on at night. We sleep. You'll be surprised. It does not take long for them to figure that out and to make that switch with you helping them achieve that goal. I hope y'all understood what I was saying. And if you do, and if you do this, I think you're going to be really, really happy. We had great sleepers. Our babies slept through the night pretty quickly. By the way, sleeping through the night does not mean they never woke up and they didn't eat for five or six hours. For a baby, sleeping through the night means... They stirred around, I breastfed and put them back to, they went back to sleep and they stayed asleep all night. And then maybe a few hours later they breastfed, but they still stayed asleep for the rest of the night. Does that make sense? That's sleeping through the night, in my opinion, because they, yeah, they still have to eat during the night, especially when they're really, really little. Um, they have to do that. So don't expect that it's going to be this five or six hour thing right away. They'll eventually get to that, but that doesn't have to be right away. You just don't want an, a baby that's awake and alert and crying in the middle of the night for two hours straight. Okay. And, and again, I believe that if you'll help them learn the difference between naps and nighttime, that'll be a big deal. Um, and then, like I said, protect their sleep. Uh, once you figure out that rhythm, once they are asleep, it's, it's important to do. And then, Last thing I will say is, you know, when in the, within these first few weeks, maybe even up to three months, you need to expect that nothing will really resemble a schedule, and that's actually the norm. So when somebody told me that after baby number three, it was three months, and they're like, "Listen, Micah, you you need to understand that it y'all are still figuring this out. It's it, it, it's normal that that takes a couple of months. That's the normal." And so that helped me relax and not feel like, wait, we're not in this uber great schedule rhythm. It's going to happen. Um, but don't stress about it. Don't force it to happen. Just keep doing it. And, and baby's going to get it. Baby's going to understand. Y'all are creating this family. 
Um, it needs to look like what works for you guys and not the family that you think hung the moon. It may not be that way. It may not look like them, but it is going to look like you guys. And so I hope that, you know, some of the things I talked about practically and then even emotionally and then just creating that family um, and not feeling the stress and the pressure that everything needs to be moving like clockwork quickly. Um, I'm hoping that helps you guys. And, and um, I think it's important to prepare for postpartum care before baby is born that you kind of have a game plan and you know what that's going to look like. And, and I promise it's going to go a lot smoother and you're going to enjoy it a lot more. Hey, thanks for joining me on game day. Birds, not balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at my doula Micah. You can also find me on wagodoula.com. Waco doula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.